Alrighty folks, here we go, time for the General Knowledge Podcast, Season 5, Episode 16. Um, g'day to the crow that's uh, crowing in the background there with Ethan. How you going, mate? <laughs> Thanks for joining me. I'm going good, mate. The whole time we were talking off air, he wasn't here, and then two of them just landed right as we start recording. It's uh, it's like a little wink from the universe as I yeah. move away from the crow as we speak. But I'm going good, mate. I'm enjoying some sunshine while we can. It's been a good bit man. chilly. Of mm. course, global warming is ruining everything, but we're all freezing our asses off. But yeah, exactly. that's a different story. We don't we don't focus on that. It's the uh, climate change roller coaster now, mate. Even the <laughs> cold weather is because of the uh, climate changes and yeah. the global warmings and the changing of everything. But oh yeah, no, well everything. Enjoying... Yeah, everything's, everything. everything's tied into climate change, mate. Yeah, yeah. Even you... even myocarditis, mate. Yeah, you're about to say heart disease, <laughs> myocarditis, all those things. That's oh, climate change. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> El Nino, that's uh, you know the cyclical weather events. I know it's here because of climate change. Yeah, of course. Fuck. Yep. It's it's unreal. But no, I'm doing good, mate. I'm good, man. Just, uh, looking forward to a good episode. There's plenty happening, as we always. Are, yeah, yeah. Right. Always, always stuff going. We're back to the old ways. We're we're doing this over the uh, over the Skype today, not in person like we did last time. Not in person, yeah. But still, hopefully, just as much of a good episode you know you, you really can't beat those in-person ones but nah, i think fun. we've got a pretty good groove going on with what we've got going so i reckon we definitely do that again maybe for like the season finale or something we'll try and do one more at the end of the year and um yeah we yeah. should try and yeah. do it more yeah, yeah. like season finales or season premieres or something yeah like that. i agree i think that'll be good i mean we had um yeah some I guess not, not some good feedback, but I mean the the show's done pretty well. You know, people enjoyed that sort of thing. It got shared quite a bit, which is nice. So, g'day to all the members out there as well, and Ethan's members. Thanks for all your support for you do for for both of us. Uh, we do appreciate it. Hey, Dick, and like I said, when that episode, God damn, it was <laughs> we recorded it on was it Andy's um, GoPro, so it was like super good, you know, nice, good quality and stuff. But man, what was the file size? Like fucking 60 gig or some shit that he had to put up on on his Google Drive so he could download it. And then I was trying to compress it. The, the, the smallest I could get it was like 6 gig. I couldn't get it any smaller. And um, BitChute, which we normally send our uh, member videos up to, has a, two, has a 2 gig limit. So I was stuffed. I'm like... I don't know how to get this any smaller. I'm like trying everything and stuff, and I'm like, "Fuck! I need to find another platform." And I eventually remembered I've, I've actually got an Odyssey account, which I hadn't put anything up yet. I just sort of started one ages ago, um, and they've got a 16 gig limit for a video. I'm like, "Oh, that's great! I'll, I'll stick it up on there." So that worked out all right in the end, anyways. <laughs> it's, it's actually quite a good platform. So yeah, I might have started doing that anyway. We'll yeah, see, mate. I'll do yeah. both for now and phase one of the other ones out. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. That's um, one of the reasons why we never did video for the Australian Roundtable podcast, mate, is because mm. just too much of an editing hassle, especially when we were doing it every Sunday on a weekly basis, you know. Yeah. And this was in the days before GoPros and everything really took off. It was the old blocky, you know, DSLR cameras from Nikon or Canon or what have you, which yep, yep. would just be all blocky and they didn't have any of these new websites and file limits were much shorter than they were and it was just like this is we can't really do this so yeah it was um 
interesting to see the process. But as you said, mate, you live and you learn. So mm. in future, maybe record lower quality at 720p like Andy yeah. suggested. We'll yeah. work something out. But, yeah. It's, it was uh, a good test run. Yeah, it was a good test run to make sure – the sound was good, and and actually, you know, I end up just going with the sound from the GoPro because it was actually decent quality. Like it, it, it really didn't miss anything too much. I mean, it was probably just a little bit further away, obviously, because you had your mic right there. But I, I was because it was such a big file, I was having trouble trying to marry up the audio, and it was just taking forever. And I was like, oh, this is giving me the shits, man. <laughs> so I ended up just going with that bloody. Um, yeah, the, the GoPro audio and not yeah, worrying about that. So <laughs> I, I did did notice that. I was like, hang on a minute, my mic doesn't sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> but next time, next time, we'll get it right. It's all good. So hopefully the listeners can bear with us for that one. But uh, yeah, anyway, the, the, obviously the audio file for the podcast went as per usual, as per a good quality audio file. So I hope everyone's enjoying that one and all the topics we covered and all that sort of shit. But mate, moving on, there's been so much happening still. And obviously uh, fortnightly, like we try and do the show there's still uh an amazing amount of things that happen in just a small window of that two-week period mate so let's get stuck into uh into some of this stuff um actually just before we do it, it reminded me of a story because you know how you said the crows just started going off just just as you uh you know i was introing the show yeah there's a there's a a 7-eleven near my one of my areas in my territory that i do for work right when i pull up to people's houses and stuff and the 7-Elevens, like I'll go and fill up there with fuel for my gear and the ute and all that sort of shit. Um, and sometimes there's actually a really nice bakery right next to it. So I, sometimes I'll pull up there and then just walk over to the bakery and get myself something for, for snack for the day. But anyway, every single morning without fail, across the road, directly across the road from this 7-Eleven, there is a house that for some reason, and I still can't figure out why because I can't see any feeders, I can't see any watering things, but it is where... Every single fucking crow for about a kilometer radius comes to meet every morning. There is, without a doubt, like maybe 60 crows at this one house, at the front of his house, on the house, in the trees, on the driveway, all over. And they are, and you know how noisy one or two are. Imagine like that many of them in one spot. I don't know how the owner hasn't moved yet because... (laughs) These crows, it's it's ridiculous. I'm gonna have to record it one day and I'll play it for you. So I'll be like, this is what I'm talking about. It's ridiculous. It's like so many. Just on one house, not even the neighbor's houses. It's just one house at the front of his house. Unreal. It's Unreal. really weird, man. It's just it's really strange. Yeah, that just... is very strange, yeah. Mm. Wow. Still can't work it out. Yep. Still can't That's work it out. You might be in there doing seances, mate, and <laughs> rituals and they're all flocking. Yeah, he's doing something. I don't know what he's doing, but he's attracting these fucking birds, that's for sure. Anyway. Yeah. Keep an eye of, on it. I will, yeah. I, like I said, I'll, I'll record it next time I pull up there. I'll try and... Um, it, it happens at a certain time in the morning. because It's only like a probably, I reckon, an hour window where they all meet and then they all just sort of piss off for the day. But anyway, yeah, very strange, very strange. They're all, all landing to recharge their batteries, mate. Hey, possibly. Something's going on. Because uh, bir- birds aren't real. They're all drones, apparently, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> according, according to some people. Oh, you ever seen a baby pigeon, mate? No, I think not. <laughs> Don't now you're making me think. Or have I actually seen one? Fucking hell. <laughs> um No, I haven't actually. I've seen plenty of normal pigeons, but no baby pigeons. Then again, they're always in a nest hiding somewhere, so Yeah, the the CIA nest. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, what a rabbit hole that one is. Okay. All right, let's move on. <laughs> All right, let me go to screen share here. Let's throw over to uh, the page here. All right, so a couple of things we're going to uh, bring to the table for this episode. Uh, now, only reason why I bring this one up is because I saw a recent move. Let me just uh, go to the recent one. Here we go. So this one caught the news recently. Cash no longer available over-the-counter at some Commonwealth Bank branches in Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane. Three major Australian cities are being affected. Cash is no longer available over-the-counter at a number of these locations across the country where specialist centres are now focused on more complex banking needs, as they say. Customers can withdraw or deposit cash at on-site ATMs instead. Uh, the specialist centres are located in our, those cities I mentioned before. However, ComBank is yet to co uh, confirm the exact locations affected. ComBank has created a very small number of specialist centres in metropolitan areas which are designed to support personal and business customers with more complex banking needs. Uh, those centres are going to provide face-to-face -face access to specialist home and business lenders and offer the latest self-service technologies. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Um, just like just like Woolies and Coles, mate, the latest self-service technologies. Specialist centres are located near full-service branches, the bank said, uh, and the ComBank continues to maintain Australia's largest branch network for customers. Um, but there you go. That's basically the push. Um, so you can't go and see a, a teller. You can't go and talk to someone and get an odd amount of uh, cash withdrawn or any of those sort of old school things we used to do back in the day, that's that's coming to an end. And as I mentioned uh, just on uh, off air before we started recording that my local ANZ branch, basically uh, they did a big reno uh, maybe 12 months ago, maybe a little bit longer. And they've got three ATMs which you can deposit cash in, you can deposit coins in one of them, you can withdraw, of course, from those ATMs. They have one teller where the lady at the teller has like this sort of clear plastic thing sort of next to her. She has a computer next to her and she stands there basically with you in person with you and you can line up to see this one person. And every time I go in there, there's always a line to see this one person because they have no tellers open, you know, it's just one person now. Um, and always a few people, you know, the ATMs are always busy because that's where they're pushing us. You've got to use an ATM to either, you know, deposit your cash or get cash out. Um, so that's 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 where we're heading now, mate. There's no more need for for cash as they push us towards this cashless society. And slowly, slowly, incremental creep of getting rid of all of that sort of, um, you know, the, the functionality of, of cash. It's just being pushed online. And now ComBank is saying that, they're, they've got these new branches, these specialist centers, where if you do want to do anything with cash, there's ATMs to use, same situation as the ANZ. The cashless trend, here we go. News comes after ANZ scrapped cash at a number of its locations earlier this year, citing a decrease in demand for physical money. The affected branch locations have smart ATMs where transactions can be performed, which I'm saying is the Browns Plains branch is the exact thing that they're talking about. Uh, senior citizens, new migrants, people who are disabled, they do uh, they do need face-to-face -face help. There's a danger here of excluding some elements of our society, Swinburne University technology professor Steve Worthington told 7 News. ANZ said most customers who visit bank branches these days are there to discuss more complex and big financial decisions such as borrowing for a new home or establishing business accounts for a new business, which 
has been going on for since banks opened pretty much. That's just what banks do as well as doing day-to-day transactions with cash. But there you go. Um, and we did talk about this, Ethan. So I'm going to just, before I throw to you, let me just quickly go back. So 2021, right? In March 2021, so just over uh, two years ago, uh, news.com.au put out an article, Australia to be completely cashless uh, in, by 2024. A new report says Australia could be a cashless society within three years. There's the prediction. Well, we're going to call it a prediction in air quotes there because I don't. it's not actually a prediction. It's just the plan. <laughs> um, but there are some reasons why coins and notes are, aren't going anywhere, basically. Do you have any cash in your wallet right now? Yes, I fucking do. Um, when was the last time you used an ATM? Well, every week, actually. Uh, a new report predicts cash will mostly be phased out within just three years in Australia as we ditch notes and coins for card-only transactions. According to the latest global payments report by fintech company FIS, Australia will be mostly cashless within a few years. With the research project, only around 2% of transactions in Australia will be cashed by 2024, a large drop from 8.3% in 2020. And then, of course, they go on to blame COVID for uh, doing that, which was neither here nor there, to be honest. Um, the virus. Yeah, the virus. They're blaming the virus for it. Uh, here we go. At short, shortly after. Are you still there? We had a weird beep in my ears yeah, from still, Skype. Still okay, that was odd. Never mind. All right, continuing on. Uh, so over at TOTT News in. Um, yeah, that same week, March, well, the day after, March 6th, uh, you put out an article slowing the sprint towards the cashless society. We'll go through that one in a minute. But there you go, mate. Like, we've been seeing this, and they're talking about saying it's a, they're predicting that ca- we're going to be cashless. But it's not a prediction, is it? It's it's literally just part of the plan. And we're, we're seeing more and more incremental push towards this cashless society right now. I've mentioned on previous shows you know, going out for dinner or the restaurant doesn't take cash or go to the football stadium, no cash anywhere. You have to tap everything. Um, yeah, there you go. That's that's the move towards it. It's not a prediction. It's a plan and everyone's moving towards it. That's right, mate. It's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. It's a spoiler okay. for us all. And they've been telling us for years. They've been forecasting this for years. They've been planning this and it all comes under the guise of convenience and Look how much easier it's going to be. And they don't tell people the the other side of it, you know, total surveillance, understanding your habits, understanding your movements, complete tracking, you know, no free mm. sort of finance to actually. And everyone knows that in this sort of fake matrix world, this monopoly money, in a sense, does have power behind it because people believe that it's real. So when we play within this game, that does empower you to make changes within your life and so for them to have complete control of it that's what they want and this is what they've been doing for many years and we spoke about this i think even in the last episode when we were talking Mm. about central bank digital currencies this is the hundred year cycle to bring these um this new system in just like they did with fiat currency a hundred years ago it's time for a change and through each Set of changes especially now with technology they're able to implement more control over the system which 
once you get to a certain level, you're not even really in the game anymore. You're not paying taxes. You don't value money as much with tens of billions of dollars. It's You literally see it for what it is, just play money. But for all of the people that work week to week and earn it and have to claw for it, that is who they're going for. And, you know, to see our banks go along with this, you know, it's it definitely is a disgrace to Australia, if you want to say that, especially Commonwealth Bank. And you'd think that there would be some banks with um, some balls behind them. But unfortunately, like, unlike the US, we don't have, you know, hundreds of small local independent banks that we can support. It's a monopoly here controlled by the big four, which all Mm. have shareholders. They're all owned by the bigger banks like Goldman Sachs and HSBC. Yeah, JP Morgan. Exactly. So it's just a one big plan. And I really like like initiatives like we saw last month where it was spend cash in June month and, you know, initiatives to fight back against this because this is coming at a rampant rate. And when we spoke about this back in 2021, mate, 2024 was a few years ago. And now we're on the cusp of it. We're already seven months through the year. 2024 is around the corner. And what a coincidence that all this is happening now. So yeah. anything yep. we can do to fight back is is key. And to, you know, just maintain our control over our financial sovereignty, it's going to be crucial moving forward. Yeah, well, I've definitely seen um, on the socials, like there's still a lot of Facebook groups out there promoting the use of cash. There's a lot of memes still, you know, saying use cash, cash is king, we need cash. And they make some really good points like, you know, um, um, like they have a picture of a $50 note. They're like, this isn't going to run out of battery. You know what I mean? If, if 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 your phone dies and that's where you've got your card stored and you haven't got your wallet, well, then you can't buy anything, but you can still if you've got that, that cash in your wallet you know there's all those little little things like what if there's major blackouts what if there's whatever and you still need to go and you know buy fuel or do something like that well you know like you know, i think if there's a blackout your um your servo is not going to be working but some places have generators and they might still have things going and stuff but you know you wouldn't be able to pay for it if they couldn't accept if they can only accept you know digital payments and stuff but cash they'll always be able to take cash you know they can write the write the transactions down on a piece of paper and give you the change or whatever you need like this it's still it's still valid we still need it there's still so many instances uh i haven't got the list in front of me i should have had that up and with me as well but so many instances where people like you know what think about it a bit more like yes it's super convenient to just tap something and it'll it'll be taken away from your bank account but what if you know? What if something happens? We need that cash. So that's why I said I've been think, thinking about this a lot, and it's going to be hard. I, I don't know if they'll ever. I mean, the, the the obviously the push is to get rid of it completely, but even China hasn't get, gotten rid of cash completely. You know, I mean, there's still like I think was it Sweden was another big one where everything's all cashless, cashless society, blah blah. blah. They still have you know the euro and stuff. Yeah. They still have that in the circulation there. People still carry it with them. But there is, yeah. there is obviously a push to go everything towards the digital side of things. Um, and you know why that, that is, mate? They have it, and like I talk about it in my piece, talking about slowing the sprint of a cashless society. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's really stopped that from fully taking over has been the older generations. The fact that that's what happened in Sweden. They went completely cashless, and then there was still too many people that were over the age of 60 
that were out in the regions that needed to get to a bank that needed cash and there was too much backlash Mm -hmm. to them announcing going cashless so what i'm hoping is you know if they're trying to do it this quickly because you know you can argue maybe they've accelerated their plans because more people have woken up or whatever Mm -hmm. but there's still going to be a lot of older people around that are going to resist this, even if they officially announce it. And like Sweden, they might have to do a backflip and say, all right, it will be in certain regions. There will be one ATM, you know, 200 kilometers away or something. They'll have to backtrack Mm. in some ways. And this is what I like. It's these campaigns that you're mentioning. That's what it's about. It's about education, especially educating business owners. Like, you know, we, we live in this thing. It's like, you're, char- you're, you're paying more, you, you're all of these ATM fees and FPOS fees and everything that you're paying and, and just pushing back with logic, I think it's going to be very valuable. Even if they do announce next year, for example, we're going cashless. There's, I think the models have shown that it's still too early for that, but we're effectively cashless. That's what they say. It's effectively cashless. There still will be cash available but it won't be, it'll be a thing of the past, you know, it'll be like mm. how people, you know, store gold and silver and what have you. And they're going to, it'll still be legal tender, unlike them, but, you know, it, and and it'll all be about excuses, but that gives us the opportunity to push back and to, you know, push that wave in the opposite direction, because I still think it's too early because of these, again, the oldies are the only ones that can see where this is going, where the young ones are, the ones crying out for it, the ones that want the microchips in the arm to pay yeah. for it, mate. So, yeah. yeah. Well, there's there's another side of it too I think we sort of need to look at, which is, you know, you've you got to take these banks for what they are. They're, they're a business. They're a corporation. And corporations, by definition, they, they've got to make money. You know what I mean? They've got, they've got shareholders. They have to make a profit. That's just the way they work. So if you're think of you, put yourself in the shoes of these organisations, you're, you're sitting there thinking of ways – to make your shareholders more money, to make more profit for the company, to be, you know, to be in the black instead of, you know, losing money on on adventures and all this sort of shit. So how do you do that? Well, you introduce things like, you know, pushing more people towards digital currency because let's face it, every time there's a transaction digitally, the bank is getting money from that. Not just the money of, you know, like say I have to give you $50 and I transfer it to you, but you know, they're getting a cut from that. And what I mean by that is like, say, for example, if I took a $50 note and I went to the barber, well, that barber is going to take that $50 note because there's, you know, he's got that. It's all profit to him. He can then take that $50 and go and spend that at the, you know, at, at um, like, a, like a butcher. The butcher will go and buy, you know, he'll get the $50 worth of meat. That butcher then has got, has got $50 right there. He'll go and take that $50 and he might go and get his car serviced you know, by a mechanic. And pay for it with you know with cash and use put put fifty dollars towards that you know what I mean so no one's taking a cut out of that everyone's getting that fifty dollars and it's moving through all these different transactions and the bank isn't getting any of it but if you if if I go to get my haircut and I pay with a card well the bank's going to get you know what like point whatever percent of that transaction and then if that barber then goes and buys meat from the butcher and pays with a card well then the bank's getting out of that fifty dollars there's another transaction taken out of it. There's another point, whatever percent taken out. So by the time there's like 50 or whatever transactions, that entire $50 note is now gone. The bank owns all of it. Not, not the note, sorry, digitally. The bank owns all of it. 
You know what I mean? There's nothing yeah. left of it. But if you keep using cash, it just keeps moving around in circles. You know what I mean? So from a from a, a corporation point of view, in order to make more profit, more money, you know, you're going to come up with these plans. Well, you know, of course, the plan is to, you know, push people towards the digital transactions because you, the bank gets a cut from all those different transactions. And what have we seen just recently as well? Um, what is it? One of the new phones or whatever, like uh, I think it's Westpac maybe. Um, you can tap to pay with your iPhone. So if you got, if you're uh, you got an electrician in your house and you haven't got any cash to pay the guy, well, he doesn't have to send you an invoice. You can just tap your phones together and you can just pay him directly into his account. Of course, a portion of that will, of course, then go to the bank and stuff. But you know that, that's another introduction. Rather than him having to have one of those little, you know, portable FPOS machines or you know, portable thing to tap on it, you just do it straight with your phone. You're cutting out another middleman there, and more profit to the bank. So. That's the way these people think. So um, yes, there is of course the the big cashless agenda and you know the CBDCs and controlling money and controlling society. That's the big picture stuff. You know the small picture things is is just like what I mentioned before. These how these companies are trying to make more profits and stuff. And look at Woolworths for example. Remember Woolworths had the cashless trial. You put that in your article, slowing the slowing the cashless society over at tottnews.com. And uh, was it a couple or one of the Woolworths? Um, no, it was four. There you go. Fourteen stores in in Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane. <laughs> so same cities again. <laughs> um, in July last year, um, began their cashless payment trial. So no way to pay cash for any of their goods at any of those stores. And there was a massive uproar. Remember, there was a. There was the pushes yeah. for the, um, you know, for boycotting, um, yeah, boycotting Woolworths altogether and all that sort of stuff. And, and what did they do? They had to, they peddled it back, didn't they? People spoke up, yeah, got the shits with it, did something about it, and they went, all right, okay, no worries, we'll, we'll get rid of those stores, we'll take cash in those stores now. There we go, people power. Yep, that's it, mate, and that's what it's all about: people power, staying on top of it, make sureing, you know, making sure that you have community actions community networks to to fight back against this stuff because it only takes a small amount of you know backlash in terms of in comparison to the whole population to make change because they're like well you know i think what is it in marketing one or, or not marketing sorry when you go to a community town hall meeting if there's one person there they they count in their stats that they probably represent five people of their family so you know you could assume they look at it the same way with protests and stuff like this. Yes, there's a small thing, but they represent all these people and their families, blah, blah, blah. So as long as you stay on top of it, and I think that most people just don't really think about it. They're so caught up in the rat race and it's so convenient and they're so stressed for time. And as you said, the banks are pushing this or that, but they're not really like thinking about it. I think the education is is so key. And you mentioned it at the start, mate, like, one of the biggest dangers is all of these blackouts and all of the apps going down and not having an alternative for when these things happen. I mean, every time that daylight saving changes over, if you're out and about, and this happened to me once, I didn't even know this happened, you, between the hours of like 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. or whatever, on the day that it ends, all of the banks just shut down. They shut down all of their stuff for that one hour as they readjust all their systems to the end of daylight savings. So if you're awake at those times, you can't 
withdraw from an ATM. You can't pay. You can't tap. You can't do anything. And so, like, this just shows you what happens in terms of you're so vulnerable if you don't have access to it. And I think that people, I mean, you're talking about ComBank, mate. What happened just like a week or two ago? ComBank was down for like a day and a yep, half. Yep. Massive issues. Everyone couldn't access their bank accounts and stuff. And, these and that's are, not new either. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Exactly. And it's like people have experienced this. So if you just bring it up with people, like that's my main talking point. It's like you've experienced this because most people have. Mm. Woolworths is down for the day. Your bank's down for the day. What happens if you don't have an alternative? And this just goes down for months on end. Things happen. And people start to think then, you know, like the cashless society thing, it's it's not even necessarily, like it still is a good talking point. You know, there are people that don't necessarily see that as like an all-encompassing conspiracy theory. You can just have a general chat with someone about the end of cash, like, no, cash is king. Here's the reasons why. And just say, because we're so vulnerable and because of all the points that we've mentioned. And I think that most people don't think about it. Most people that you talk to go, yeah, that is right. And it's just all about awareness, things like cash dune and stuff like this. It's like we always use cash all the time, mm. but it's it's beyond just using cash. It's, a, it's about education now. And things like this, it's like, you know, you'd see the comments in response, oh, well, you just use cash all the time. Why just use cash during June? It's like, that's not the point. The point is having a campaign that you can share with yeah, other creates people. creates that awareness, yep. To, to make them think about it. And I think that's where we really need to be. It's not just about using cash anymore and saying, oh, I use cash all the time and then just having that moral high ground that you're changing things because we're still just going towards this dystopia. It's about educating your fellow man. And I think that it still is a good talking point. It's not some all-encompassing conspiracy theory to think that bankers out there are trying to rule the world, which they do. Most people don't like the banks still. You know, it's not like Big Pharma with this whole scientism devotion to it. You know, the financial system is separate of science. So there, there really are a lot of people that dislike the financial system, especially this year after tax time. You see, mate, they got rid of all of the... Um, lower to middle income tax offset and now everyone owes the ATO money or they're getting $50 back from paying, you know, $40,000 in tax for the year or whatever. Oh, and shit, so, no, I didn't realise that. Yeah, if you look online, everyone, because they, they introduced that and then they've got rid of it now. The Albanese government's got rid of it. So the lower to middle tax offset is gone and everyone's realising how much they needed that. So people are furious at the financial system, at the ATO, at tax, at all this stuff. So it's never been a better time right at the precipice to say, no, we don't want this, and to educate other people to do so as well. Well, I just clicked. There was a link on the side of the uh, news.com article I had up, and it says here, young Aussie woman hit with $86,000 tax bill from the ATO. I'll get to that in a second because I just wanted to make two points with regards to what we were just talking about, though. The one thing I've noticed a lot too with trying to use cash is that it's so unfortunate that a lot of the youngsters, like even like I'm just talking things like you know in fast food or transactions, wherever there's a a young cashier person, you give them cash and they sit there and they're like and they're like they honestly they struggle to work out what the change is and not be, and they're told on the register how much they've got to give you, but it's just it's the fact that they're actually struggling to count up to that amount to give you like they grabbed it. 
like I yeah, give them, you know, thirty eight dollars and, and forty five cents change and they're like, okay, twenty, a ten. Um then they try and work out how they get to eight dollars, like a five, two, two, a one, a one, no, and they grab in different coins, you know, this so honestly it takes them forever too. And that's so unfortunate that these young people these days struggle, you know, they're in high school at near cashiers and they struggle to count half of them and they take so long to give you your cash change back. It's a little bit annoying. Um yeah, yep. yeah it's I a bit unfortunate. That. Yeah, you yeah. watch them, eh? They struggle. Um the other thing I was gonna bring up too with the whole you know, cash being king and we need, we need cash for certain circumstances like when the banks go down and stuff and whether or not we, we're going to say it's it's the government doing it or it's a PSYOP or whatever, but what if, you know, the banks are hacked and all you've got is a cashless system and they start, you know, stealing all your cash or the banks just simply go down until they've paid their, you know, ransom to the hacker or whatever and, yeah, I mean, these yeah. things happen to Optus and stuff with all these accounts and all the data being taken and stuff. But, well, there you go. It's just another excuse. You know, all this stuff is uh, susceptible to being stolen, whether it's a, a hacker or another government posing as a hacker or whatever it is. You know what I mean? We don't need to get into the degree of that. But the fact that remains is if we're pushed onto that system only, all of that becomes vulnerable to those sorts of attacks. Yeah, exactly. And that's another thing, cyber crime. How many people were a part of that latitude finance yeah, I know huge. people that were that all of a sudden their PayPal's got taken over. All of a sudden this happens. It's mm -hmm. like all of this stuff is happening and they think that they're more confident than ever that we're ready for a cashless society. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, defies, I know, right? it defies logic. And so you can. It's completely inverted. Yeah. yeah. You can say this to people. And I think most people will get it. Most people will go, oh, yeah, no, you're right. It's just about sort of breaking them out of their habits of, you know, just taking that extra 10 seconds to pay by cash instead of just tapping and walking out, you know. It's it's little things that we can do. It's just sort of snapping this whole mass hypnosis out and highlighting these points once you do, mate. I mean, it's, as you said, it's inverted, like everything else is, the inversion of reality that we always talk about. And that's the biggest thing, cyber hacking, things going down, systems going down. I think that's the number one talking point beyond you know they can monitor all of us and everything like that it's like if you just on the surface level you can get through to people just talking about their security and as i said people don't like the banks so it's mm. never been a better time to tell people no we need to stop this use cash use cash you know fight back against it so yeah yeah there you go and that's um <laughs> funnily enough that article i was mentioning before with the uh the tax bill <laughs> It's because she was a fucking OnlyFans creator. Yeah, I saw that this morning. Yeah, uh, I was like, probably don't, probably don't read that one out. But there's, yeah, there's heaps of other ones. Like they're they're making those stories to sort of hide all the other stories, which are all of the uni students and stuff like this. Like I remember, I had it happen to me. I went in and I was working for my employer. I checked the box. I filled out everything correctly, and I know I did because I have a scan i actually had to scan it and send it to them via email the form so it's still in my emails it's from all those years ago and then you get to tax time it's like you owe the ato two and a half thousand dollars this was you know like five years ago or whatever and it's like what do you mean it's like well you didn't they haven't been putting away your tax for you for mm. your student debt and it's yeah, like, the hex, that's right the hex stuff yeah and I said, well, I ticked the box. I can prove that I've ticked the box. And then the ATO says, no, 
it's up to you. It's your responsibility to make sure every pay slip you get that you're checking that they're taking the correct tax out. I'm like, there's like four or five lines of tax, Medicare levy, this levy, this tax, you know, like how am I supposed to know which one it it is? And you're always so busy. And then you go online and you see that there's, this is a common thing with people in uni. They like it, they go in, they do the right thing, then the employer messes up, but the ATO says there's no onus on the employer. It was all on you. Even if you can prove you filled out the sheets right, it's still your fault because you didn't correct them, and now you owe us money. And it's mm. like this year I've seen it happen a lot. There's people everywhere that were relying on getting their tax back and realizing they owe the ATO even more. Now. Even more, that's right. Yeah. And it's like, and, and this is just like everyday students and people that, you know, you see people that might have got convinced to get a REMSERV card by their employer or uni students that are, were in the same circumstances I'm describing. And, and it's like people are angry at all of that stuff now. And, of course, you know, the OnlyFans stories are all right because – you know, they're making to get tax like $86,000. How much do you have to be making? You know what I mean? So, mm, mm. you know, I think they're almost putting them. It's like maybe it is good that the OnlyFans and that whole demonic culture that we spoke about last week when we were off air and yep. I sort of stunned you with a few facts about our generation, what's mm. going on, you know, but mm-hmm. maybe it's good that they're getting hit by the tax office. But the everyday citizen, this lower to middle income tax where yeah, the offset, going in. yeah, That's what my mate says. My mate works like 40 hours a week in a warehouse and stuff. And he went in and it says you're going to get 150 bucks back, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like 150 bucks back from what, like $1,000 when the offset was there? That's the difference. So it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it says uh, this is largely due to the low and middle income tax offset LMITO being scrapped this year, like you mentioned, uh, introduced as a temporary measure. In the 2018 to 19 federal budget, the offset meant that those earning between 37,000 and 126,000 were eligible, which is you know the majority of people around were eligible for a tax cut of up to $1,500. Uh, while most well, while most people were aware this measure was coming to an end, many are now being hit with the reality of losing that extra $1,500 actually means, and they're really not happy. Um, well, there you go. So, yeah, I'll, I'll there you put, go. So, a link to that in the show go, notes. But yeah, exactly. So going back to what we're talking about, man, like, yes, it's close to a cashless society, but there's never been a better time to tell people you're angry, then you've got the power to change it. You know, like mm-hmm. get rid of these banks, get rid of this. Let's go back to the cash. Let's go. Cause that's a th- another thing. The ATO, remember they got rid of your, um, group certificate every year. You don't need that anymore. They got rid of that in like 2018, 2019. Now you just go in or you go online. That's how most people are filling stuff out these days. They just go online and do their tax. But if you go into your tax man, he's already got the group certificate because the ATO, they get your pay slip every week through the year. So Mm. that's even more control instead of the ATO knowing what you have been up to for the last year, once a year, once you filed your tax. Now they know every single week. That's how they got all the COVID payments out. Mm-hmm. They said, they said if you've lost work, you can apply to get your super out. And you know how they determined that? They've got that in their system. They said, well, your pay slips stopped coming into us, and we can now see that 
you've lost hours. They know because they're watching it on a week-by-week basis. And so it's like if we go back to jobs where you get your money in a paper envelope at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The ATO don't know what you're doing. The ATO aren't going to be able to charge you as and much. They hate gonna, it. <laughs> they they're not going to be able to do all this. We need, we can fight back. You know, yeah. you don't like that tax bill. Go, let's get a job where it's all cash in hand. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all the Chinese and the, everyone in this country are already doing it with their bakeries and everything. And we're all the schmucks that are like, yes, Mister Tax Man. Mm. You know, but I don't know. It's um, it's I rough. think they just it's rough. just just needs to be more education more pushback to say no hang on a minute this isn't this isn't acceptable this level of control of monitoring of changing and messing with people's lives with tax offsets and things like this meanwhile the rich pay no tax companies like google pay like six dollars yeah. i mean come on man things things definitely need to change yeah yeah imagine imagine if those if the those massive massive corporations what do they call it the the fang you know the facebook uh uh what is it something netflix google all them you know imagine if they were actually paying tax you know countries might actually be able to start paying off some of this debt <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah see mate i'm just i'm just lucky that i'm i'm so broke living as an independent truth teller that I don't even need to pay tax. I'm not even in a bracket. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's why I try and operate as well. But anyway, um, all right, well, let's move on. Um, you've put up an article recently uh, over at tottnews.com. Switching gears here, WEF forecasts creepy top 10 emerging trends of 2023. Recently released report by the World Economic Forum takes a look at the number of dystopian trends in technology that are currently shaping the world. We're going to just uh, throw back and forth on a few of these, mate, but here we go. So new WEF forecasts. World Economic Forum, the WF, has recently published its Top 10 Emerging Technologies of 2023 report, which includes a look at a range of innovative trends in the world. Oh, sounds lovely. Um, <laughs> the report outlines technologies poised to positively impact society in the next three to five years, uh, and includes many that are currently in use by military researchers and intelligence agencies. <laughs> what could go wrong? Let's take a look at the technologies listed in the report that are said to so positively impact society. Number one, flexible batteries. Uh, powering wearable technologies for the healthcare and e-textiles. What? Uh, that's, a, that's a new one. Here we go. Yeah, the, the number one slot in their, in their emerging technologies, flexible batteries. According to the report, flexible uh, batteries can be integrated into the fabric of jackets, shirts, and other apparel uh, and will be required to power emerging textile-based electronics with capabilities ranging from built-in heating systems to health monitoring. There you go. What's the go with this one, brother? Yeah, mate. Well, a lot of people think that that's just sort of some innocent one, wearable batteries, but I tried to add some context to let people know, like in, in 2021, remember they were talking about having, you know, traceable sort of QR codes and chips on your clothes and making your clothes almost smart so it can monitor you and monitor the environment around you. And 
this is just something that happened during the pandemic and most people forgot about it, but this is a big push. And I go on to explain in that article that a lot of these trends that are being forecast by the World Economic Forum in this report, they're all being conducted by the military industrial complex and all of these intelligence agencies at the moment. And we can see that, you know, RAND and all of these US um, sort of military linked companies and things like this, they are exploring wearable technology as well, but they're exploring Mm. it in a track and trace manner where they can, you know, easily track people on battlefields and all this type of stuff. But this is the trend of where things are going. I mentioned at the end of that point there, um, something like, you know, how long will it be before your favorite influencers start promoting, promoting these new this type types of clothing? Of clothes? Yeah. And yeah. then the young generations, the trendy generations, all of a sudden have this smart clothing that collects data, that lets you know about your body, about the environment around you. And all of these big companies, again, it's it's all about this internet of bodies, which we'll go into as we go further down the piece. But yeah. Connecting people with technology, this is what... So even though it sounds, you know, a little bit, um, you know, batteries, you know, why are we concentrating on batteries? It's more about the sort of interweaving of these batteries into clothing. That's the concern because of the track and trace elements. Absolutely. And, I mean, this sort of thing isn't entirely new. Like, this sort of stuff has been around for for a little while. Um, Take, for example... I think they use it in rugby union and rugby league as well. But, you know, between the shoulder blades of every um, jersey that they wear is a little pouch and it contains a little tracker. So that's where they get all their stats from. And that's how they know how certain players are working at whatever work rate they're working at and how many meters they've covered on the field and, their, you know, what heart rate they get up to and blah, blah, blah. All of these things are being tracked on these players because they've got that little thing in their in their jersey as well. So, you know, this isn't exactly brand new, but it's the next, this is like the next level they're going to with regards to this because they want to interweave, you know, like the batteries of these things into the actual fibers of the clothing. Um, because like you mentioned before, it is part of the internet of bodies ecosystem. So there we go, moving forward into that one, full on. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, absolutely. I guarantee you we'll start seeing things, you know, people like, you know, tennis players and, uh, all that sort of stuff. They'll be wearing these things, and you know, in, within the matter of years, we'll see at the next Australian Open. The, you know, they'll be tracking all of these different things, and they'll have the stats up on the screen, just like in, in most, all these other sports I mentioned. And that'll become the next big thing because yeah. that'll, that'll make it trendy. Oh, that's cool. Oh, how do they know that? That's amazing. You know, and and people get sold on it. Yeah, I'm going to go down to the local basketball courts with my new Nike tracking smart clothing on and i'll be able to monitor and improve my to your phone yeah that's right yeah yeah so we've already and people are already in that trend think of like smart apple watches and things like this. oh yeah absolutely monitoring everything so you know that one is definitely you can see that emerging for sure yeah uh of course the next big one which we've mentioned many times on the podcast already this year generative artificial intelligence expanding the boundaries of human endeavor the number two slot of the wf lists is uh is occupied by generative artificial intelligence which according to the report gai can translate a mathematical formula into plain english or analyze brain activity data to generate drawings of the objects that human participants are holding in mind 
As we all know, over the past six months, there have been massive discussion around emerging programs like ChatGPT and the implications that this type of machine learning will have. Yeah, and we've spoken about that. You know, people Correct. can go check out the ChatGPT episode that we've done. Yeah, what not is ChatGPT? Yeah, that's right. And and that's what generative artificial intelligence is. It's sort of this next level of sort of machine learning that we're talking about, not this sort of science fiction, AI, everything's going to be sentient thinking for itself, but still very powerful technology that's definitely going to upheaval society. I even mentioned in that article there, going back to the military links, that um, they're also trying to do this for intelligence report writing and things like this. They're looking for to build their own chat GPT system so that they can handle all of that, so that there'll be even less people in the military, mate. That's the way they're going. They want the soldiers to be robots. They want the report writers to be AI. They want the, the warfare to be, you know, drones and technology. And it's like mm. the less people you can get out of it, the easier it is to continue your budget shows. So this is definitely a trend that WEF is watching. And, yeah, I, I just try to add, context in the article that i wrote about you know how this is actually in society at the moment as well yeah so. absolutely yeah um yeah that's a full-on full-on trend at the moment that's for sure uh number three sustainable aviation fuel interesting moving the aviation industry towards <laughs> net zero carbon emissions i've i listened to something recently about this there's now um, I can't even remember if it was you or someone else that spoke about it, but there are now certain countries, I think might even be in the in Europe or even in the UK alone, where you can't take a flight that's less than like 2,000 kilometres or that's going to take less than two hours because, you know, it's, it's using too much fuel for those little trips and stuff. So they're now saying, well, you know, they're, they're cancelling those type of flights because it's, you know, got to move towards this, you know, getting rid of the carbon emissions, blah, blah, blah. I thought that was quite interesting as well. But there you go. This is actually there specifically about the fuel it's, uh, itself. Yeah. And I think, you know, I have a little laugh in that article and I don't think it will be possible. You know, there's some articles that I've seen over the past few weeks that are talking about, you know, will air travel ever truly be green and things like this? And it's like, yeah. They'll come to the decision, well, you know, we're just going to have to re reduce flying. We're just going to have mm -hmm. to stop people traveling. And obviously the rich and important people need to keep traveling general. So they can still travel. But just for the general, you know, meat-consuming, earth-killing citizen, <laughs> you won't be able to travel anymore. In fact, there'll be restricted zones that are all off limits and you'll yeah. have to get your passport to go to and if you're a good boy with a good social credit score you can go out and enjoy nature but this whole era of travel you know we, we, it, i think that's come to an end everyone's had enough fun you know that'll be their decision making at the, the end of the day i reckon mm. but i mean if they sure. want to talk about you know emissions due to fuel well planes uh, account for nothing compared to all the shipping I think we even we sort of touched on it a bit with um, Jim Lee when we had him on the show as well. You know, those um, ship tracks are causing all of the more and more of the, you know, the chemtrail kind of cloud seeding, sort of not cloud seeding, what do you call it? Um, the blocking out of the sun and, you know, uh, a lot like chemtrails with the planes, but it's like ship tracks, they call it. So, you know, they're burning all of this 
fuel and uh, dirty fuel as well, and it's causing so much pollution across the oceans and around the world, more, way more than any, any planes. Add all the planes up, it's nothing compared to all the ships that are doing all the damage. But you know what I mean? We have to wear the ones that are going to have to suffer while the industry keeps moving all their goods around. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So, see where uh, that goes. Yeah, exactly. We'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, number four, designer phages engineering viruses to augment human, animal, and plant health. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> we are engineering <laughs> viruses to augment health? <laughs> boy, oh boy. Yeah, well said, mate. That's, uh, do we need to say any more about that? But there we go. Well, that's it. I didn't really have... I'm like, I don't even know what they're talking about there. It seems very dystopian. Engineering viruses to help human and plant health. Mm. Um, doesn't Fuck seem... Me. Like the type of thing that you know is you're used to hearing about viruses coming out to help everything. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I I don't you know they've spoken about how you know we've got smart seeds and you know nature yeah. is going smart as well. You know they might be talking about that in that respect in terms of sort of just connecting everything. But yeah, I, who knows what they're what they're doing with that, you know, injecting viruses into meat stock, some things like this, mRNA tech, who knows what that is. But I think that was probably one of the most, yeah, disturbing on the list for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, number five, the metaverse for mental health, shared virtual spaces to improve mental health. Come join others in a virtual echo chamber. Uh, or eco chamber, where everyone is always right and always happy. Feeling down about the facts you own nothing? Put your VR headset on and escape to paradise. Thank you for doing your part to save the planet. We sort of touched on this, didn't we, um, with our last episode? Maybe it was after we stopped recording or something, but we did sort of talk a bit about this, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Similar sort of thing, the VR yeah. stuff. And that's how they're promoting it, mate. You know, Mark Zuckerberg and all these people that are pioneering VR with Oculus and things like this, that's what they save. You know, it's really going to help all the poor people of the world, all these people that are just have nothing. They'll be able to put their VR headset on and they can escape to their own paradise. And, you know, if you're being bullied because of your beliefs on things, you can come to an echo chamber. You can come onto the metaverse and enjoy virtual safe spaces. And, you know, this is just all about that whole vision of just a person sitting alone in a room with nothing with a VR headset on their head. And that's mm. sort of the World Economic Forum vision, I think that's exactly what they're talking about here. You know, this virtual world to sort of just cover up the crumbling world they're destroying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inserting us into the the matrix, basically, isn't it? It's very much like that, you know. Don't worry about the real world around you. It's it's <laughs> Exactly. It's not what you think it is, but here, just enjoy this virtual world, yeah. Never mind the woman in the red dress. Um <laughs> <laughs> Number six, wearable plant sensors. What the fuck? Revolutionising agricultural data collection to feed the world. Oh, God, I hate when they bang on about this stuff. They could easily stop world hunger in an instant, uh, yet they choose not to do so. Even the plants can wear new types of emerging technologies. All of natural life is truly all in this together. Did anyone ask the plants if they wanted to be subjected to this? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? What are they on about with this one, Ethan? I don't know. Eh? It's 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 very interesting. Maybe it relates back to that whole smart plants, sort of GMO sort of element of it. But 
you know, sensor technology for plants and stuff, it starts to get really into science fiction elements. Oh, there, it really you know? is. I, I'm I'm struggling to wrap my head around what that actual means. What that, what that actually means? Are they talking about like the plants themselves are, uh, have a sensor attached to them, or we wear a wearable sensor that's made from a plant? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Plant I don't know. Yeah, it could be bizarre. Yeah, I think they're. If I was to guess, I'm thinking they're talking about sensors just around every plant. You know, set up like solar paneled powered sensors all around, so we can read the data of the plant growth and, you know, how we can synthesize stuff. You know, mm. when they talk about feeding the world, you know, that's when you've got to start looking at the whole GMO, fake food, fake meats sort of argument as well because that's what they're talking about we can feed the world if we just give up real food and it's all created in the laboratory so maybe that's sort of just a code word for how that's all going to develop maybe in the future we will just they are envisioning you know sensors on plants and everything because it's all going to be fake they just want to see how they can grow it better and at faster rates and stuff. And that's what they've spoken about. Yeah, exactly. Maximizing profit, mate. That's what it will come down to. Absolutely. And they've spoken about now that GM uh, fruit flies are now the perfect bioengineers for fake meat. They can actually work as bioengineers, genetically modified fruit flies, as a way to produce fake meat at levels that rival industrial meat production so we're finally Jeez. at that stage now and it, they're going to be using gm fruit flies so it's just and you know what bizarre every day <laughs> all they need to do like i mean we've all seen those videos where farmers have got so much stock of let's say let's just say apples for example and yet they might be a little bit dodgy looking or whatever you know not haven't they haven't got the perfect look to them so the big supermarkets won't buy them for the low, low, low prices that they only give these farmers anyway. And you know, they can only offload some of these things to some of the other fruit and veg shops around the place. And you know what they do with the rest of them? They go into landfill. All this food that gets wasted, all the food that gets from supermarkets and things, yeah, they'll give it to some of those charities like Food Bank and things like this. But the amount of waste of, of food that could go to feeding the world um, it just goes in the landfills. It's it's wasted. It's gone. And yet all they need to do is actually just start giving away some of this stuff or, you know, like just <laughs> there's so many better things they could do with regards to that. But yet, no, they want to revolutionize agricultural data collection to feed the world <laughs> with wearable plant sensors. Fuck me. The guy, yeah, it's I, so backwards, hey? Well, that's it. It's it's like Frankenstein stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like injecting yeah. all the, you know, fake tomatoes, making them all real big with a mad scientist laugh, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like... This is the stuff we've seen, the archetypes we've seen. It's just now we're living in the science fiction archetype where, you know, and that's what I always refer back to George Orwell's 1984, where they're sitting there in the cafeteria and, um, you know, Winston's there and they take a bite and, you know, it tastes like real meat, smells like real meat. It's just not real meat, is it? Mm. You know, and mm. that's that's sort of the world they want to envision. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. you're right. Has anyone ever heard back? You remember when, because that's been the talk for years, it would take $40 billion to end world hunger completely. And the U.S. military spends more on that, you know, in half a month. For example. Yeah, on bombs or whatever, yeah. Yeah, on just everything they do with that whole thing. It's like yeah. a trillion dollars, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. So it's like, 
bloody with that you remember when elon musk actually tweeted the united nations or whatever and said i would pay that if you give me an estimate on how you would actually deliver that and then they never got back to him they never replied yeah. i've never heard anything else from that same yeah but that's what it's about it's not about they don't want to feed the world that's 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 the um you know that's the the cover story basically isn't it Course. We're going to do this to feed the world, but it's not about that. They've got their own plans for what they really want to use it for. Yeah. Well, like controlling the world is what they mean to say. Um, let's move on to number 70. This one is interesting because we're talking about Elon Musk. We're going to tie him into this one. Spatialomics, molecular level mapping of biological processes to unlock life's mysteries. <laughs> Once again, we return to the elitist mentality of the cult of scientism about discovering the mysteries of life by using their fundamentally anti-human technologies and methodologies to do so. Much like the WEF, we have recently seen Elon Musk launch his new AI company to do the same thing, uh, XAI, that plans to understand the true nature of the universe and to be the, um, well, they, well the, other, the other thing I read was it was, you know, just to go up against ChatGPT, even though that Elon Musk put in money to just start ChatGPT and was one of one of the founders of that company as well. Uh, but he's gone on his own with this other one now, XAI. Take it away, Ethan. What's this really about? Yeah, mate. Well, you know, if you look on their websites, it's all about understanding the nature of reality. And we've seen this. Remember, Google launched their $1.4 billion research center to solve death and Facebook had their, you know, Project 8 secret facility to explore all this stuff. And this is just another incarnation of that. It's just a cover. Oh, yeah, we're, we want to help and stop against ChatGPT. And Elon's like, oh, I was a bit reluctant to get into the game, you know, since I've spoken out about it. But it's not just about ChatGPT. It says on their website, we want to understand life's mysteries and the mysteries of the universe. And as I said at the top of this article, they're like the scientific method, and this is where we get into the cult of scientism and the origins of it all. Like the way that they've convinced the world that reality can only be seen through the lens of science and the scientific method, it's anti human in nature and it will never get to the true mysteries of life. If you're telling people the only way to understand life, is by dismissing the non-observables, things like consciousness, things like this, and only stick to a strict observable methodology that we can prove through science and data about the world, you'll never get to life's mysteries because life's more than that. Mm. And so what are they really trying to do? What is all of these secret companies trying to solve death? I think it really relates you know, to the bigger picture, this whole a cult order that runs things, this quest for immortality that's been going on for centuries, the transhumanism, zone, transhumanism. Mm. that's what it's really about. Yep. They don't want to understand life's mysteries. Like the man that is trying to fundamentally alter what a human is with Neuralink and things like this also wants to understand what a human is. I mean, that's a red flag in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of money to commit to something for that sort of premise, where because it definitely isn't. Yeah, it's it's again, it's another one of those um, swindles. They're telling you it's about this, but it's not really about that at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, nearly towards the end here. Uh, we're at number eight now. Flexible neural 
electronics, better engineered circuits to interface with the nervous system. Well, speaking of transhumanism, (laughs) (laughs) here we go, the rise of brain reading technology. You've got an article there, but here we go. Coming in at number eight, the WF reports flexible neural electronics. The report reads, in recent years, brain-machine interfaces have gained visibility, igniting collective imaginations regarding the power and potential of one day controlling machines with thoughts, which is indeed true. And uh, we have covered these rapid developments here on the website. Of course, you've got the link there. Researchers have recently developed brain interfacing circuits in biocompatible, sorry, on biocompatible materials that are soft and flexible. The report continues, noting how we are now entering a new phase. There you go, I'll leave that with you. Yeah, that's it, mate. Brain-machine interfaces. This is where mm-hmm. the Internet of Bodies really comes in, you know. Correct. Come through health. And they're going to need batteries that. for that, flexible batteries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that, yeah. yeah. And we've, as you said, we've spoken about this before, but that's what it really is. Connecting. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't just want to control the outside. They want to control inside. And all of these advancements in health and, you know, being able to put monitors in your heart and all this stuff, it was all just the building blocks for, you know, how else can we use this? And this is yeah. where, you know, well, I talk about in the second part of this piece, talking about hacking into humans, and maybe we can talk about that a little more once we get there. But that's what it's really all about, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, number nine, sustainable computing, designing and implementing net zero energy data centers. Net zero energy data centers. Here we go. Sustainable computing. Of course, we must find ways for our mass data collection to be sustainable. How can we collect everyone's data on an unimaginable level, but also save the planet with storage? There we go. So basically saying, oh, all these things we're going to do, we're going to do it sustainably. That's basically what the the gist of that one is. So we'll we'll move on to the next one, number 10. Uh, Unless you've got something you wanted to add to that one at all. No, well, they just added, you know, that's what they're, I think they've shot themselves in the foot. All exactly. Things, you know, so they've, they've, they've realised, oh, shit, all this stuff, we've got to do something about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where all of this electricity and, you know, storage facilities <laughs> and computer complexes, isn't that ruining the planet? Oh, no, we're going to make it sustainable, baby. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, number 10, AI facilitated healthcare. New technologies to improve the efficiency of healthcare systems. AI-facilitated healthcare is another trend highlighted by the WEF in their report, and this is certainly a field that doesn't get much attention as it deserves. Uh, From the data models on advice on COVID being given to doctors from computers to robotic surgeons that are assisting with surgeries in remote Australian regions, AI has largely taken over healthcare. Of course, you link to a few more of your um, food for thought pieces there. Um, There are emerging technologies that are said to positively impact society, according to the WEF. Uh, But as we have uh, repeatedly pointed out here on Tot News, they have also the potential and uh, is the intention to make the world a much darker place by fundamentally altering what it means to be human. Again, touching on the transhumanist stuff there, mate. Yeah, absolutely. And and I just sort of do that as a lead in to the end part of the piece, but this is what they're pushing, you know, the World Economic Forum, those 10 points that we just went over, that's what they're forecasting is emerging trends right now, not in the near future, like right now. And, you know, brain machine interfaces, the internet of bodies, it's all a part of the fourth industrial revolution. Revolution, correct. And so this is what it is really all about, this push, which Klaus Schwab is talking about himself in on many occasions, this 
fourth industrial revolution that's going to merge man and machine and that's what they want they want it all inside of you it's um not really good enough just to have the smart cities and the sensors on the plants and stuff it's it's also got to be inside of you as well yeah that's right hacking into humans yeah like you mentioned here at the end of that piece there um and of course little yuval noah harari um makes a makes an appearance in your piece here humans are now hackable animals and everyone sort of everyone who's been up to up to date on this should remember him actually saying that humans are now hackable animals crazy stuff mate that's it mate and then i link to a military you know military research there talking about enhancements mm-hmm. of human beings how can we use this to enhance not only our soldiers but the scientific community is also talking about enhancing people and we know that they've also floated you know ideas like what about moral enhancement technologies? What if people just put it in and then, you know, if you're a bit morally, you know, off off the radar for what we accept as moral, maybe this will jolt your brain in a different direction. You know, mm-hmm. how can we fingerprint and map out the brains of children to help them later on in life? And And this is what it's all about, you know, getting all of this inside of people so that everything can be completely monitored. And that's where it really gets into you know, crazy discussions, which we could talk about for ages, but that's essentially it. You know, humans, hackable animals, and that's the future. Mate, we'll be sitting here trying to do the podcasts, scrolling through saying, cash is king, uh, all the digital stuff is bad. (laughs) I mean, I love it. I love the digital. (laughs) You've received your moral enhancement jolt, you know. (laughs) Oh, fucking hell. That's what it'll be like, eh? You'll you'll start to think the wrong thing and, oh, uh, no, I love the leader. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's it mate and they're, and they're getting this ready that's why they're targeting the babies and the yep. young children and the young because they know people like you and me aren't going to take this stuff and that's why they want there to be no choice put it in your baby as soon as they're born yep. and then the baby has no choice he just pretty much grows up a cyborg with all this stuff in him and you know it doesn't take long before um you know it t- that turns in to a world where they don't recognize what reality was anymore. They've got augmented eyes and, you know, they're seeing things over the top of reality and they've got all this stuff in them. That's well, I think, the vision. I think it'll be, it'll in, in at that point, it'll be um, an inversion once again, where they're the modified humans and they'll be fantasizing about humans without that stuff in it like we are now then that'll be the that'll be the fantasy oh imagine imagine if we didn't have any of this technology and you were just a normal human yeah you know what i mean that's that's they're going to flip it on its head and it'll be the inversion of reality once again that's what's coming yeah and and when you say that i just think of that black mirror episode where he has the chip in his head and he can replay all of his life life's memories through his eyes because it's like a camera that records everything and it's all stored in his head and just go in and then like the whole episode essentially is he he notices like his girlfriend giggling in the corner of the room with some bloke at a party when Mm. he's watching it back and then it you know it leads to this whole drama and everything and he just um you know like he goes back and deletes all their memories and like goes into her memories and stuff like this and then at the end he just sort of gets a knife in the mirror and just starts hacking this sort of chip out of his, I think it's like his neck that it's in. Right. And right. It's like, yeah. 
that's that's sort of the whole thing. It's like I wonder if there'll be wonder or maybe if they figure that out in the future, they'll be quite disturbed and you might see more scenes like that, you know, mm. which, who knows, man, hopefully humans just have this intrinsic will to be yeah, humans. an intrinsic rejection, want, wanting to reject this sort of stuff because it's complete garbage. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel bad for all the babies because parents are already doing it and you can't really blame parents because they get sucked in with the emotional thing. It's like, well, your uh, baby's going to be messed up. Your baby's going to have all these diseases. It's going to, you know, our science and data from the, the ultrasound shows that it's going to have this sort of syndrome. So you may as well put the technology in now. And the parents go, I'd do anything to save my baby. Well, and I think it's, it's like, yeah. I think it goes even deeper in the beginning of that, mate, because, they, you know, the, the big push now is they're, they're starting to get them hooked on this technology because of the reliance on IVF just to procreate to begin with. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? Like they're, they're like, oh, we need science. The science is going to get us a baby. You know, we have to trust in the science and we'll get IVF and, oh, you know, and it's, it's intrinsically these couples and the families and, you know, they've become almost a slave to that technology and the scientism of, you know, well, they gave us the, the life, that this life, you know, the baby that we wanted. So everything they do is now gospel and we trust everything and whatever they say goes, you know. To, exactly. And they yeah. do that just with normal births, you know. Oh, your baby's. It's going to die. We have to perform a C-section right now. And then <laughs> well, they say... Even they before say, that, with the ultrasounds. <laughs> well, well, that's it. You know, that's that's really the, the crux of the matter. And that's a yeah. real sort of black pill rabbit hole. But it's like, you know, with the, the births and stuff, they target them there. And it's mm. you can see it from from when they're young to when they're adults. Yeah, it's, they've got to get you hooked this, in that system. Yeah, And as you mentioned, in utero as well, it sort of starts before then. Yep. You know, so... Yep. That's the that's really the brave new world order, the Epsilon agenda, you know. That's right. People need to yeah get on get on to Janice Barcelo and uh, even Jim West have done a lot of research on the ultrasound and all that sort of stuff with the in, re, in utero attacks. Um, hopefully, people can research research those guys. Um, all right, well let's let's wrap up the podcast with a little bit of a laugh now. Um, there was a a nice a nice funny piece. I'll, I'll read through it for the. For the folks out there, but old Dan Andrews is at it again, Ethan. Good old <laughs> dictator Dan down there in uh, Victoria. So this article is over at uh, news.com.au. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. There we go. The political amnesia of Victoria ought to be classified as a mental condition. <laughs> it's a it's an opinion piece, but I think it's very quite well said, actually. Dan <laughs> Andrews has to be one of the best politicians this country has seen. You have to admire his ability to spin nonsense and still have Victorians eating out of his hand. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Dan Andrews has to be one of the best political uh, politicians this country's ever seen. Uh, oh, sorry, just repeats what I've just said. Who else could cancel a major international sporting event such as the Commonwealth Games and claim, with a straight face, that he was just doing the right thing by, uh, by his uh, put-upon constituents? It's like rocking up to the altar to call off your wedding and telling your would-be bride that you're doing her a favour because you'll save so much money. <laughs> you could have thought that uh, you could have thought of that earlier, uh, you know, before you lodged the bid for the games, or straight after it was awarded to you, or just six weeks ago when the official estimated cost of 2.6 billion was again repeated by Labor MPs in Parliament. 
Such is the patronizing arrogance of this man that he could probably tell Victorians they're only allowed outside for an hour a day and that the <laughs> coppers will come knocking if they go more than five kilometers from home and they'd cheer him on as a strong leader. Oh, wait, that actually happened. I don't know if there's something in the water. I stuck to the bottled stuff when I lived in Melbourne for fear of catching Danitis, but he can seemingly do no wrong. If the cost of an event can go from $2.6 billion to $7 billion in six weeks, then I'll give up red wine for life. Or those who came up with the numbers should have at least laid it off, sorry, laid off it before they started playing with spreadsheets. We've yet to see evidence of this $7 billion quote. Andrews even suggested it could be more, and we probably never will. Does it exist, or was it just a figure drawn up on the back of a coaster because Victoria is running a fast running out of money and their premier wanted to score political points by saying he was more interested in schools and hospitals? This is, after all, a government that has compensated people whose homes have been cracked and damaged by big government infrastructure projects with $20 pizza vouchers and free window cleaning. You can't even get a decent pizza for $20 these days. The idea of create sorry the idea of a regional Commonwealth Games was flawed from the beginning. Do they seriously expect interstate or international tourists would schlep from one side of Victoria to the other on trains and Greyhound buses just so they could watch swimming one day and sprint races the next? Not that it mattered. Andrews was facing a state election and surmised that there were votes in them uh, in them the regions. Uh, genius, make it rain political points. Then when it turns to be turns to garbage because it was garbage to begin with, you score more political points by acting like you're making tough calls to protect the state. And you still have to pay out the regions by delivering the promised infrastructure, including $1 billion for 1,300 new social homes, which makes them a modest total of roughly $770,000 a pop. Bring on the marble floors. Just you watch. It won't make a lick of difference to Andrew's popularity. At this point, the political amnesia of Victoria ought to be classified as a mental condition. And I couldn't agree more. They've definitely got that. Um, it's not Stockholm Syndrome, as uh, Adam from the Krasfiles puts it. It's uh, Melbourneian Syndrome down there, mate. Talk <laughs> about capture bonding. They love this motherfucker. And apparently um, his, his popularity has only gone down like about five percent to like it's still above 50 percent it's like still like 50 or 60 percent or something that they they will vote for him you know what i mean um isn't that crazy yeah <laughs> i just sort of bring that up just for a bit of a laugh at this fucking tyrant what do you make just of that, when you mate? think of just when you think it was over mate he still finds a way to embarrass victoria and victorians and yeah it's um it was a good article by old mate it would have been good to see more of those types of articles during the pandemic yes but you're right, this cult of Afghanistan obviously is very woven in and anyone that, you know, had a lick of sense about them sort of got out of the state. Tens of thousands of people left, so it's just the real core supporters. And, you know, if you're down there and you're a free thinker, you know, I love you, but you're in some pretty rough territory down there now. I mean, mm. as that article said, he can do no wrong and... I think that's when it becomes dangerous. It's just like, bloody hell. But it's all just a big clown show at the end of the day, mate. Oh, oh it Dan. is. He'll it be is. out the door. He'll get his cushy job. 
and everyone will forget about him. And the next oh. puppet will come in. Oh, as, yeah, as it is in every on. state and every every election, exactly right. But I, I actually tend to think he's probably got another another uh, couple of years in him yet. Even in, I reckon he'll probably even still get through the next election because well, the, the the guy who wrote, Caleb Bond who wrote this is right. They've just he can do no wrong in their eyes. You know what I mean? Like for some reason he's just got them completely hoodwinked. I mean, what a what a he's well, not, he's like a mentalist. You know what I mean? Like those guys oh, that hypnotize sure. people and shit. For sure, mate. I do. Do you know if, um, like, state premiers and stuff have the same limits the prime ministers have? Because this is his third term, so... Not that I'm aware of. I don't um, know. Can he come back again for a fourth term and a fifth term? I don't... I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, I'm not either, but I haven't heard that they have a limitation to that. I, I, as far as I was aware, they could just keep going, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. You know I mean? Maybe maybe that is the case, yeah. Because yeah, if that is the case then he would probably rule indefinitely down there with the state of things. They'd be the self declared leader of Victoria forever, like Xi Jinping in China. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well he's good mates with him. President so. for life. Oh yeah, fucking nice. Yeah, he he can learn from learn the tricks of the trade from the man himself with all mm. his trips. Remember he did that trip a couple months ago? No media allowed. You're not allowed to come. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Going by myself, gonna go do some dirty deals. Yep. <laughs> oh man, just just crazy. I, I do find it. I mean, it's it is pretty funny though. I mean, honestly though, uh, I it's actually just... don't think it's a bad thing that they're saying no to the Commonwealth Games down there because the states broke. You know what I mean? They've got no money. Not that all of us have. All these other states have money anyway. But but the, the people down there are just fucked anyway. So I mean, world's longest lockdown, and they have to now do a. They have to repay the debt bill. Like that's extra it. taxes and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. come on now. That's that's just next level. And it's like, well, the people that got out, they're laughing and cheering. And the people that are there, it's like, well, if you supported this guy, this is your consequences. Yeah. You know, do I don't yeah. really have much sympathy for all the normies down there that just now they're outraged at him. Oh, how dare he cancel the Commonwealth Games? But they weren't outraged that it's like you should be thankfully cancelled it you know like because you're already broke as you said so it's like yeah. i don't know it's all just one big clown show absolutely keep, keep, it is, keep, yeah. keep people distracted from reports like the world economic forum and stuff but it's always good to laugh at the clown show mate that's what like exactly right that's what you do with clowns you have a good <laughs> laugh at them i wanted to just have a bit of a laugh at the end of this one because uh <laughs> we, we covered a bit of serious stuff there but yeah what, what, a, what a jerk anyway at least, least he's getting some flack for it, you know. It's good to see Dan finally get some flack, but he never cares about any of it. Nah, I don't even think he's even privy to it. Probably doesn't even read it. He's just the most arrogant prick there is. You yeah, know? big time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do find that funny, though, they're Like um, where they mentioned that, um, where is it, uh, compensating people who have, you know, because they're doing government infrastructure projects and people's houses were getting damaged by it, and they go and send them $20 pizza vouchers and free window cleaning. <laughs> like, are you serious? Like, well, I've got cracks in my foundation because of the work you're doing. How about come and fixing that? No, here's a t- <laughs> go buy yourself a pizza and shut up. Really? Yeah. Like, that's so <laughs> arrogant. That's, that's, oh, I don't and yet he's he's, people love him. He's a crook. You're right. He's a crook. Well, he's in with all those union bosses and everything like that, which will have underworld yeah. ties and everything. Oh, yeah. It's like, come on now. Well, look at, like I said here, you know, um, he's got this, uh, and you still have to pay out the regions by delivering the promised infrastructure, including $1 billion for 1,300 new social homes, 
which makes them $770,000 a pop, like far out. Like <laughs> that's just greasing the wheels of your, um, you know, your buddies like you just mentioned, all those, um, the CF, CMFEU guys, you know, all those guys are just basically, here you go, here's some money for you, all the contracts will go to you guys, you know. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, you, you remember when he bribed Victorians back into lockdown and all this stuff, you know, like. Oh, yeah, like, get get tested and get a positive test and you'll get this much money, you know, like all <laughs> that sort of shit too. He was the first state to do that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the, the compensation just, you know, here's 20 bucks, here's a pizza voucher, shut up about it. You know, that's just full on mob mentality type yeah. stuff. So yeah. it's like. So bad. You know, the sooner we don't have to see his face on TV anymore and how. Who knows how long that'll be, the better, you know? <laughs> yeah. But you're right, you'll probably just get a job over at the WF and, uh, you know, something like that, like some of these other clowns are doing. I reckon he'll go to China. Well, probably. He'll, he'll, he'll end up being there. an MS, an, uh, an MS, emissary? Is it emissary? Yeah. yeah. To something. whatever. Yeah, he'll end up, yeah. Whenever they need something done with China, he's your, he's your new middleman to deal with because he's got all the connections and stuff, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. all right, well... <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah. we'll wrap it up there, mate. But that's basically it. I wanted to have a chat about. I just thought it was pretty funny that um, you know the Commonwealth. Apparently now the Gold Coast has gone. Oh, we'll we'll, we'll do the Commonwealth Games. Oh god. Yeah, old Tommy Tate down there on the Gold Coast reckons we he'll do it. it. But but he goes, we, we won't fit the bill. We want the government. To, we want the federal government to pay for it. Because <laughs> we we did it in 2018. Like we've done it. You remember the Commonwealth Games were here in 2018, and that's yeah, where it was they Gold Coast, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's where they introduced all of the facial recognition on all the public transport, and then when yep. it was over, they just said, "You know what? We're going to keep Maybe that data. We'll, we'll just keep that there." You know, <laughs> like we, it was to stop the terrorists, but mm. you know, we like it. We'll just keep it there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you so go. It's, so it's like, well, I mean, in a sense, Victoria, you know, that would have happened to you if you had the Commonwealth Games too. Like, we need more. Facial recognition, we need more smart cities to stop from the terrorists. So, you know, yeah. maybe it is a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it could be. It could be. It's an interesting <laughs> It's an interesting way to look at it. But I, I actually do think, yeah, it's probably better that they didn't have it, to be honest. They just they literally can't afford it. And if they did, then the Melbournians or Victorians will be, you know, just slapped with more levies or whatever else for the next however long, you know, yeah, just to try and pay off that little bit more but money. At the same time, how embarrassing. How embarrassing to the world like cause exactly so, and didn't so, they I'm pretty sure melbourne got voted as the sporting capital of the of a, not just australia but the world or something recently <laughs> like they were voted that just recently and yeah, uh, here you go this is what he does <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just so embarrassing and the, the whole world was already laughing at australia through the lockdowns and stuff and now it's just like oh that melbourne you know that place is just a shithole. It locked everyone down. Now they can't afford the Commonwealth Games because they did that. Yeah, just hilarious. Yeah, funny stuff. All right, mate. Well, let's wrap it up there for this one. We've we've covered a fair bit of ground there. Interesting stuff as always. And um, just remind people where they can support your brother. Yeah, just over at tottnews.com. Um, if you sign up as a member, you know you get access to more membership content and more exclusive content for as little as five dollars a month you know give it a try for a month it's super easy to go on there paypal card whatever you need and yeah i'm over there publishing all the time so you certainly are. head over and check out the website good stuff mate and as always to anyone else who uh wants to listen to a backlog of different shows that we've done over the past year at uh 
the general knowledge podcast um yeah done some interesting deep dives and some fun topics over the years so um there is more stuff coming i've just been uh, uh, uh flogging myself silly at work of late um so i've just had no time to do anything extra plus it's footy season so i you know i coach two nights a week and have training on uh, uh sorry um games on one day so um as on top of work and everything else and uh, i'm lucky to honestly punch out a podcast for the main show uh fortnightly at this point of just uh, so much on but there will be more content uh, on the way as always we do do a video version of the general knowledge podcast for the members only so they still get a little bit of extra stuff um for the for the contributions that they give which is awesome so thank you once again but yeah, anyone out there, um, don't forget to, um, I've actually still got plenty of these uh, stubby coolers. If anyone's interested, I forgot to mention that. I was going to mention it recently too. Um, yeah, so I think um, if you if you want to just flat out buy them, just contact me. I think I'm doing two of them for 10 bucks, and that includes me posting them to you within Australia as well. So um, yeah, get on, get, get into it, guys. Um, here's a picture of them. Yeah, so that's what they look like. So that's, it's, that's the front of it, and that's the back of it. It's not two different versions of it, but you basically just get two of them, so... Oh, hang on. Let me just switch to uh, screen share if we have to do that. That way people can see them. Even if the members who are joined up haven't actually uh, seen these yet for anyone new out there, but that's what they look like. General Knowledge Podcast logo, and you've got the conspiracy beery on the other side there. So you can – good talking points anyway to try and, you know, at a barbecue or, uh, you know, you're at an event with some family and friends or whatever. You can take it along. Hey, check out this. Yeah, you got some you got the twin towers on there, you got the whole virus mania, a bit of alien stuff, you got the fake moon landing, you got chemtrails, you got <laughs> plenty of good talking points there to get people interested. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good fun. It's good fun. Anyway, so yeah, um two of them for ten bucks, including postage anywhere in Australia. So hit me up if you'd like them. You can just pay me through PayPal and I'll and give me your details or do bank transfer or whatever. Uh, but yeah, get me at editor at realnewsaustralia.com or um I'm also available. You can get me on Telegram, folks. Don't forget, I do have a Telegram group, which is invite only. But if you'd like to get in there, I do try and vet people before they just before I send them in there. We have a quick chat and sort of learn a little bit about each other before I get you into the thing. But look me up. I'm at general underscore Maddox on Telegram if anyone's interested. Cool. All right. Well, that about does it there, folks. Um, that's it for the show. I hope everyone enjoyed it. And we'll see you again soon. Thanks. Thanks, Ethan. Cheers, man.
electric grid Jeff Bezos, climate change White rhino goes extinct Great Pacific garbage 